You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. I get asked this question all the time. Is my offer compliant? So whether you're applying for a merchant account or you're placing ads on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you place ads, compliance is a huge hot button issue for anybody who's in direct response, selling anything from CBD supplements, um, you know, educational business opportunities and so forth. Compliance has become a big pain uh, for a lot of people operating in direct response, whether you have a merchant account application that's declined because of compliance issues or whether Facebook is not allowing you to place ads and so forth, it can get very uh, overwhelming and very difficult to navigate all the different platforms and what they're looking for and how you can be compliant. So obviously, if you're starting your business or even if you're, you know, changing your offer, sometimes just by changing your copy or changing something in your business, compliance becomes a problem. I'm going to address a couple of things that you can do to kind of navigate compliance and to to make things easier for yourself uh, and also some tools and and just some quick tips that usually don't cost very much money or take too much time that can really uh, prevent you from having any legal issues, especially as you're scaling. So if you have an offer and you're, you know, you're doing six, seven figures a month, uh, or you're a copywriter and you're, you're writing out an offer, these are things that you have to keep in mind. Your marketing departments, media buyers, everybody has to always kind of work in conjunction to make sure that compliance is taken care of. Obviously, you know, media uh, buyers, um, they just buy media, but if you're giving them ads that are not compliant, then they obviously can't buy the media for it. So it's really important for everybody involved in the business or creating the business to really understand what are the key elements of having a compliant offer and having compliant ads. So I'll talk a little bit about that. And then um, I have some interesting tips for you guys to, to make sure that, you know, um, compliance doesn't become a problem for your, for you, your business, your offer, and so forth. Um, in terms of compliance, like I mentioned, there's a lot of different platforms that you have to keep in mind for compliance. So there's Facebook, there's all the social media platforms, YouTube, um, and you know, if you're if you're doing anything in terms of podcasting or audio, you know, there's also you know, podcasts uh, platforms also have different compliance standards. So all these you know uh, platforms are verifying different things that you're allowed to say on their platforms. They own the platforms and they have specific rules and guidelines. A lot of them work with AI um, and they work with algorithms. So you may not be saying anything wrong, but because you use a trigger word or two trigger words or whatever, you might go through the, um, unfortunate ring them around of compliance. So, um, keep in mind that, you know, Facebook usually is the strictest. So if you get an ad approved on Facebook, odds are it's going to work elsewhere, but it may not be the opposite. Like for example, YouTube is a little bit linear, more lenient and may allow you to say more things than you could say on Facebook. So, um, you know, if you want to kind of test out how compliant it is, you know, placing it out on Facebook is usually your best bet on if it's going to work or not, um, because they're, they have the strictest standards. Um, there's also something that you have to do for website compliance. So this is for your website specifically, uh, and your, your offer page is your processor verifies website compliance to make sure everything's in place that your, you know, terms and conditions make sense and everything that you're selling is what you're selling and you're not making any false claims. So, 
there's, there's a lot of bodies that look at uh, compliance and you have to make sure that you're not doubling or tripling down the work. So usually, you know, um, if you have a lawyer or somebody that is, you know, uh, an expert in compliance, look at your website. It'll probably save you a lot of time down the road. I know it sounds like, oh, why do I have to waste money on this? But if you're scaling your business and you're placing ads and you're doing a lot of stuff, doing it at the onset, knowing what you can and cannot say is probably going to save you a lot of time and headaches and money after all. Um, the biggest issue, obviously, with compliance is making specific claims. Um, and that can cause lawsuits um, from customers or people who are buying from you or whatever the case is. It could also have legal repercussions. You know, the FDA, the FTC are looking at these things and saying, you know, are you able to say this and so forth? And obviously as you scale, when you get to like six, seven figures a month, you know, there's a little bit more, um, I guess, incentive for, for these legal bodies to, to look at that. So when you're, when I'm saying specific claims is saying like, you will lose 10 pounds or you will do this or whatever the case is, that's just a no, no, because unless you have a clinical trial or some, some reference, a credible reference, because I mean, there's always people saying a whole bunch of stuff online. You have to make sure that this is a credible reference. Um, if, if you have, you know, clinical trial or a credible reference from, you know, uh, a respected journal or, or, or somebody that, that um, you can back it up with, then you can provide this as ammunition to make certain claims. Although keeping in mind, if you make certain claims, you have to be able to prove them. So make sure you have footnotes or you have something in your terms and conditions telling, um, you know, the underwriter that's looking at your account to get it approved for a merchant account or whoever is uh, where you're placing ads on that. This is where you're getting this information to make those claims. Uh, also keeping in mind that anytime you make a claim, you'll always have to prove it. So there's no point in making useless claims uh, because they're always going to be challenged and they're always going to be uh, referenced back to in, in order to get more information. So um, clinical trials, although, you know, it sounds like, Oh, where, where would I get that? There are, if you're selling a, a supplement or some kind of product where, you know what, there could be benefits or there could be something special about your formulation that does have a proven effect, then paying for a clinical trial is not necessarily the worst investment because obviously by paying for that trial, you will get the ammunition that you need in order to prove that these claims are real. So, um, they're becoming a lot more inexpensive and a lot more affordable for different, you know, types of merchants. So it's something that you could look into uh, because it can also give you um, an advantage above your competition if you get a clinical trial. So don't discount that and think about what claims you can make if you get a clinical trial and, you know, look into it. I'm sure, uh, you know, your manufacturer of your product is probably a great place to start to, to ask about clinical trials and so forth. Now, um, you know, those are the main issues that we see with compliance, obviously, you know, uh, the fake claims about different results and so forth. Here are a couple of things that you can do. Uh, obviously compliance is such a huge topic, but I do want to mention a couple of things that, you know, some merchants are just not even doing that can really help with avoiding problems with your merchant account or your ad accounts and so forth. Um, first is really to respond to all complaints with real feedback. When I say that, the you know what I mean specifically is that the BBB and other popular review sites um, could be 
you know, a, a commonplace that, for example, the FTC or your bank is looking at or your processor to see if they want to support your business or have an issue with your business. So, you know, responding and not just canned responses, like literally having somebody in your customer service team or somebody in the business that's going to actually reply to each of these customers and give them some specific feedback is going to be very important. So, um, Although, you know, a lot of times businesses just don't even bother with customer service or people who are complaining, this is a key element to avoid any compliance issues. Oftentimes when we're processing applications for uh, merchant accounts, we do get a lot of merchants that get declined or that have issues with their application because of negative reviews. So if you just counter those with some positive, uh, you know, reviews or, or obviously positive reviews are great to counter that, but also real feedback about what's going on from a real person. And then perhaps asking the customer to go back and update their review and so forth. That's really going to help with not only your uh, website compliance and your merchant account application, but also for your ad accounts and so forth. Um, another way to kind of um, not necessarily circumvent compliance, but to just alleviate some of the compliance issues is if you have a real person tell their story. So if you're selling a product or you have a service or you're selling a course and somebody got some, some results from it, you tell their story. So, you know, you don't make any false claims. You don't kind of sugarcoat it. You can take their story and just and just kind of recount it and have that as a real person. You can have an agreement with that person that you're going to tell their story and so forth. And then that's their personal experience. And, and it's harder for the legal bodies and, and, you know, the banks to, to the, the, the banks and the processors to have an issue with that. Cause it's just a person telling their story. So if they took your product and lost 40 pounds, you know, obviously you would say some of these results are not typical. They're not backed by clinical trials, but this person actually had these results. And this is the story that they told us. So that could, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of intricacies to that. And there's a lot of specificities that you have to think about, but having somebody tell their story specifically after using your product for a certain amount of time is one way that you can make quote unquote, certain claims without being a problem. When I say make the claims, it's make the claims in that person's perspective. So keep that in mind. I can talk a long time about that. Uh, there's, you know, don't take just my word for it exactly that you just tell a story and you go ahead. If you really want to, to kind of hash it out, then give me a call and, and let me know. And I'll give you some more specifics about that. Um, kind of going through the compliance treasure trove here is ensuring you have a clean brand reputation. So, you know, when we talk about, you know, reviews, having some positive reviews, responding well to your negative reviews, also on an SEO perspective, when somebody puts your product name or your business name, are we getting first page of Google, a whole bunch of negative stuff? Is there anything in there that's, that's positive? And if you have negative stuff, you have to, you know, do some work to make sure that you regain the positive stuff to show up on page one and page two of Google. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate, but this happens all the time is that, you know, if you're not paying attention to your SEO and you're, uh, you know, you're growing your brand, the negative stuff might come a little bit, uh, become more prominent than the positive stuff. So it's important that, you know, you set up Google alerts and you set up um, different mechanisms for you to know when there's negative stuff happening about your brand. Um, I know it's, 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 it's a very underutilized tool, but Google alerts really do work great. You know, just make sure that you get anything that's about you 
directly uh, looked at by somebody and, and addressed immediately to avoid it kind of getting traction on, on an SEO perspective. Um, another thing that you have to think of is making sure that your terms and conditions and your privacy policy address your exact business. So when you're using a service like LegalZoom or you're going online to find terms and conditions, they might not be specific to your business and your brand, and they might not represent your, your interests, uh, your, your best interests at heart. So it's important that you save a small budget to have somebody take a look at your specific business model and create terms and conditions that actually uh, make sense for your business and don't just, you know, leave it to chance because, you know, processors and even some of the social media platforms do read the terms and conditions. And if, if something doesn't make sense, wouldn't it be a shame that you get penalized for something that may not be applicable to you. Um, so make sure that you you have, you know, your T's crossed and your I's dotted in your terms and conditions. It's not a huge expense, but it's a necessary expense when you're starting an online business, especially when you're selling to consumers, um, anything that, you know, could be ingested or, or coarse or so forth. If it's possible and you have the budget, get a compliance lawyer. There's compliance lawyers that exist that are able to, you know, just kind of forewarn you about different things. Now, I understand that lawyers are not necessarily um, the best thing to bring because into a business when you're starting out or when you're trying to scale, because they will, you know, put potential roadblocks in front of you to tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that. And then you want to just grow. But having that compliance lawyer just give you a very informal opinion about certain things that may be problematic is a good kind of insurance policy for you to, to know that, you know, you might want to do something for a little while and then change the strategy if it could become, if you see that you're getting negative complaints and so forth. So just having the information, regardless of whether or not you use it, is just an important step as you're scaling your, your business, especially if you're selling supplements, like I said, and so forth. So these are the key considerations that you have to keep in mind when you're thinking about compliance. Obviously, what I know mainly about is merchant account uh, applications, so compliance for your website compliance for your merchant account application. So, but all these things are applicable for your media platforms and so forth. So keep that in mind and make sure that you get some good advice, but don't get bogged down by this, but keep in mind, you know, it does matter how you respond to feedback. It does, your online reputation does matter, not just for compliance, but for your customers. So you're not just doing this in order to get a merchant account or in order to get an ad account approved. You're doing this because customers have now obviously smartened up. And one thing they look at is before they buy a product, they look at the reputation. So you'll be hitting a lot of uh, important things when you're, when you're taking care of your compliance in general. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I have tons of other episodes that will give you quick tips about different things on your operations, whether it's declines, increasing your upsell revenue and so forth. So please don't forget to like, subscribe and share. And I look forward to seeing you next week.